0: Shalom Aleichem. Welcome to tune in the Yiddish Book Center's podcast. I'm Lisa Newman, and today I am visiting with Bess Sullivan, one of our first Yiddish Book Center Zomlers, volunteer book collectors. Welcome, Bess. How are you? Uh,
1: fine, thank you. I'm so glad that, you're, that we're doing this.
0: Well, it's great to have you on the other end of the phone. And first I have to ask you, how did you become a Zomler? How did I become one? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I was visiting a relative out in California, in San Francisco, and on her coffee table, she had this interesting magazine, and I said, what is this? And she said, oh, that's something you would probably be interested in, and it was the Popkin Trigger, the, the official magazine for the National Yiddish Book Center, well, that that helped me, <laughs> and I became a member of the center, and then I became a Zomler, and I visited up there, and it's just been my favorite uh, organization, especially the Yiddish part of it, because I'm always interested in anything that has to do with Yiddishkeit.
0: Did you grow up speaking Yiddish, or did your parents or grandparents speak Yiddish?
1: Well, I grew up in an Orthodox family, and then um, after I got married, and uh, we joined a conservative—this is in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania—and so I we belonged to the conservative movement for a long time. But my brother, my youngest brother, is a—this is interesting—he's a rabbi who, was, uh, who had a pulpit in the conservative movement, and now that he has retired, he belongs to Chabad. Mm-hmm. So it's going, it's going from one extreme to the other and back to the other extreme. <laughs> but,
0: but you weren't a Yiddish speaker then, no?
1: No, I wasn't yeah. interested in the Chabad. Um, so the men, mem, many, many members of my family are, and it's like McDonald's. Everywhere you go in the world, you see a Chabad. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so for those of our listeners who aren't familiar with what Zamblers do, I wondered if you could give us a brief description of what it involves.
1: What, being a Zomler? Mm-hmm. Well, you get a phone call either from the National Yiddish Book Center that somebody is trying to contact me for books, or else they give them my phone number, and I get a phone call from them telling me that they have Yiddish books that they want, would like to send up to the National Yiddish Book Center. And this goes back to before, I think it was Holyoke, Massachusetts, and then it became Amherst. So I go to their house, pick up all the books, bring them home to my house, and then I make a tour of all the liquor stores, because the boxes that they have that they ship liquor in are just the right size and strong enough to have books in them. And then I take them to the post office and mail them. So you know the people at the liquor stores and the post office all know me as the book lady already
0: <laughs> I imagine uh, you've come across lots of interesting books and people and I think it's 30 plus years that you've been helping us as a zomler um are there any uh, shipped, are there any I've interesting stories almost, yeah I've shipped
1: almost 3600 books up there already wow so that's when I when I think back I thought, Oh my god, how do I do that?
0: <laughs>
1: but it it's it's been a labor of love really because I I think it's a great organization and like I I'd like to tell people that what has me so interested is that at the book center always reminds me of the Phoenix coming out of the ashes of the books that were burnt during the Holocaust. And to me that picking up all those books, bringing them back to life again.
0: Well, it, yeah, it's certainly very meaningful and great work that you've been doing to help us in rescuing and preserving these books. And I was wondering if, in collecting this, if you've met some people or if there are any stories that stand out um, that you want to share.
1: Um, the biggest number of books at one time was through my missus, of the Warshaw family in Miami and they were all educators and they had a whole library and three hundred and sixty of them were Yiddish books. So that was a big load. You know, trying to get in trying to get enough boxes and getting them all packed and getting them over to the I think these we we shipped through UPS. It was easier than standing in line at the post office.
0: (laughs) I wouldn't imagine that's a lot of that's a lot of books. Yeah.
1: Yeah. For and sure. then
0: it's it's always it's always interesting
1: because you get some children whose parents have just passed away, and they don't want the books. They just want somebody to come get the books. All they want is the bookcase,
0: because mm-hmm.
1: because the bookcase to them was a beautiful piece of furniture, but the books were nothing but paper. And uh, that that always you know bothers me that they do that. And then there's. Always, when you go to pick up books, and the people are actually in tears, because these Yiddish books have been their friends for so many years, and they have to you know give up their friends. Well, so,
0: you if, you, if you have have you ever been to the Yiddish Book Center? Have you do I what? Have you ever been up here to the center, Bess? Oh yeah, oh yes, oh, okay. I was up there at their opening, and uh, I was I've been up there
1: for elder hostels. And it's a. I haven't been there since, actually, since the opening, which has been a while now. Um, it's a beautiful place, and I love that it's built like stables in the old country. And it, it's it's worth going to visit. And whenever I hear people going to Massachusetts, oh, you must go to
0: Amherst and visit the National Yiddish Book Center And I think, you know, speaking to your point about these books um, they found a home here and I think it's very you know, it, it's heartening and when our well, visitors come, they realize that these books um, are on shelves again um, here for visitors to see and, you know, they're making their way to other museums and collections um, so that they can be accessed by others well they,
1: bring, well, they bring in books from all over the world and uh Most of the books now are being used in universities throughout the country because almost every university now has a Yiddish cultural program, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and the center is where they get their books. Right. So Yeah, go ahead. When you start to think that originally when Aaron Lansky had this um, idea of collecting Yiddish books, he couldn't find any because people just didn't have that many books, and he was going around from house to house asking people if they had Yiddish books they would like to contribute. And that's how he got started,
0: collecting books. And, and now all these, you know, 30-plus years later, it's amazing um, what this led to. Do, do you ever—I know we do have Zomlers all over North America and abroad. Do you ever speak to other Zomlers, or do you ever meet them?
1: Wait, I'm sorry. I didn't hear that.
0: Um we have Zomblers in you know, all over North America and around the world. Oh yes. Um do you ever yes. speak with other Zomblers or have you ever met other Zomblers?
1: Oh yeah, you know, I met some up at the center and there are some that I have run into that have moved down here that were Zomblers where they came from. And um you know, we all have interesting stories to tell each other. <laughs> but, um, you know it's very interesting. I have always been interested in the Yiddish language, and we spoke it at home uh, when I was growing up. But my parents also wanted to be sure that they learned English and I learned Yiddish, and so we would sit around at home. This is during the, the Depression; you couldn't afford to go anywhere else. And they would read the Yiddish paper to me and make me read the Yiddish paper to them, uh-huh. which was the foreword or one of the other that they had. And that's how we learned to speak English and we learned to speak Yiddish. And I was so pleased that they did that because no matter where I traveled around the world, as long as I could speak Yiddish, I was never lost.
0: Isn't that wonderful? Um, people
1: spoke Yiddish everywhere. And I, I, I have to tell you an interesting story. Have you ever heard of the Actors' Temple in New York City? hmm Oh, you you have heard of it? Yes. because oh, not too many people have. It's on Forty um, Seventh Street down in Manhattan, and they had called my granddaughter, who graduated from the Performing Arts Program at Columbia, and said that they were going to be having um, a fundraiser for the Artist Temple, the Artist the uh, Temple, and it was formed by the old time. Um, uh, contributors to the uh, performances. There was Sophie Tucker and Irving Berlin, and um, there was Henny Youngman, and you just named some of those old timers, and they were the ones that started this actor's temple. And so they asked her if she knows any Yiddish, and she said, No, I don't. They said, well, they would like, she has a beautiful singing voice, and they wanted to represent all the different old time performers. And they asked her if she would like to do something to honor Sophie Tucker. Do you remember Sophie Tucker?
0: I remember the name. Okay. Yes. Well, she, yeah. was,
1: she was very obese. She must have weighed at least 250 or 300 pounds, but, but she was a wonderful performer with a great voice. And my granddaughter, the wind would blow her away, her whole 110 pounds. And I thought, well, why would they pick her? Well, they liked her voice. And so she called me, and she said, Grandma, I have a problem. I have to sing Sophie Tucker's Yiddish of Mama, and I don't know any Yiddish. Well, we spent like three hours on the telephone going over that song with her so she would know the Yiddish and you know when you're a performer you pick up languages and you pick up stories and she learned it and she performed it and she said afterwards everybody came up and asked her where she learned to speak Yiddish
0: It's it's great that you were (laughs) able to pass that on to her (laughs)
1: Yeah and I was so I don't think she's spoken any since but she will every once in a while call me and she'll sing it for me and she did say that she dedicated the song to me, which Aww. I thought was very nice. So Yiddish Kite was passed on.
0: That's great. Um, you know, we we still um, get asked this question a lot here. Do we still receive books? And, of course, the answer is yes. Um, actually, you probably have heard that rumbling over my head here in the studio. It's not thunder, it's books being <laughs> delivered. Um, and we just received 5,000 books from Belgium and a collection from Venezuela. And, you know, we continue to get visitors arrive with them. Are you surprised that all these years later, there are still Yiddish books that need to be rescued?
1: No, oh, no, I'm not surprised. I'm just happy mm-hmm.
0: that they
1: found these books, and they want to donate them to where they'll be put to use. And I think of all the contributions I've made to get those books to this country, it was well worth every penny spent. Yeah. And, you know, I've been doing this since, I think, the mid-1980s. I'm in Atlanta now, and uh, all my records are in Miami, so, I, you know, I can't give you exact dates. But it's been a wonderful experience, and you're probably wondering how old I am.
0: What did you want to share that
1: with us? Ninety-three.
0: <gasps> really? Uh-huh. You have, s- and I started. I
1: started doing this when yeah. I was, oh, in my seventies.
0: Yeah, and it's been a wonder,
1: been a wonderful experience.
0: Well, as you know, Aaron Lansky um, suggested that I get in touch with you and speak with you. He said that you really are sort of one of the first of our Zomlers, um, which is. <laughs> quite something and that you've been collecting for years and years and years, or I should say decades, actually.
1: Um, yeah, we just we know he says I was one of the first—I remember the days when he was going around speaking in different cities uh, about the Yiddish Book are trying to raise money, and he won that the MacArthur mm-hmm. uh, thing, and that, that got him started, but I remember being at a lecture that he gave And I'm just so impressed that all of us that were sitting there just got together and took up our collection and just gave it to
0: them. (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. Well, Beth, you may be surprised now that you've confessed to being 93. Our youngest Zomler is now 16. She actually started when she was 13. And I wondered if you had any advice for her. If I was? If you have any advice for our youngest Zomler, who is now 16. She's been collecting for six, uh, three years.
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. When you get a call, go and get those books and always make use of the liquor stores or the post office. And I, I ship them up there, and then they, they reimburse me for the postage because those books are heavy, although you do ship them book rate. But, um, but after a while, it reaches a point where this is something that you can't let passed by, you've
0: got to do it. That, well, Bess, I want to say thank you both for visiting with us today and for the 30-plus years that you've worked really so hard to rescue over 3,600 books, which, yeah, well, you I know, would still. You would still I do would it? I would still
1: be, you know, I would still be doing it, and I would still be in Miami, but I'm going through a medical problem now, and I'm in Atlanta recuperating at my daughter's house. So it hasn't. You no, know, it can't be in Miami to collect books, and that's the only reason I had to call the center and tell them that uh, I'll have to give a Zomlering for a while. Um, if I get back to Miami, I will do it again.
0: Excellent. Well, we look forward to having you back in Miami, Zomlering again, and again a delight to speak with you. Thank you for all that you've done, and we look forward to having more boxes arrive from you in the future.
1: Well, it was so nice of you to, to call me, and um, you'll see. Oh, you haven't heard the last of me. I don't think oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I told Aaron to be sure to let him know, you know, it's one of my favorite uh, charities that I volunteer for, and I will always be there for them.
0: Well, it's tremendously important work and much appreciated, and uh, hopefully we'll see you up in Massachusetts sometime soon. If not, we'll visit you in the South. Oh, I would love to go back
1: again, and I hope to.
0: Okay. Thank you again. Bye-bye. Thank you, Lisa,
1: for calling me. Bye. Bye.
0: You've been listening to Tune In, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. To subscribe to this and other podcasts, visit our website, yiddishbookcenter.org. Our producer is Sarah Bleichfeld. I'm Lisa Newman. Be well, be healthy, and tune in again soon.